welcome to another Supply Chain Ambassador podcast. I am your host, Bruno, helping you navigate the world of supply chain in a fun and engaging way, giving you top-notch insights and knowledge direct from industry professionals. On today's podcast, I want to help you land a job with the Government of Canada. To do that, I brought along someone special, someone that will tell you all you need to know. So let's find out with today's guest. Beausoleil is a certified supply chain professional with over 10 years experience in conducting job interviews in the federal government. She currently works as the manager of business architecture in the Enterprise Architecture GC Programs and Solutions Directorate, which is part of the Public Services and Procurement Canada. Welcome, Anne. Glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you. What exactly is the government uh, job competition look like? What does it look like? So um, I always found the word competition kind of interesting because when we say it's a job competition, it makes it sound like it's some sort of lottery. It's not a winning thing. You don't win it. What you do is you, you look at your experiences, your education, your competencies, and your capabilities, and they get assessed against what the job is looking for. And if you can prove it, so that's important, you may have it, but you need to prove that you have it. Um, That's what makes you qualified for that position. Yeah, when I did job competitions in my past, a big thing that stood out with me was the need to demonstrate your competencies. There was that Mm -hmm. keyword demonstrate. And I was always, you know, I thought, oh, well, you can just kind of tell from my resume that I already have all these accolades. And it's no we need to see you actually, you know, give us a scenario and demonstrate how you use these skills for for your work. Mm-hmm. The proof, the proof of it is so important yeah. because you never know who's going to be doing that assessment. Yeah. Sometimes managers don't have the time to review resumes that come in. There could be 20 resumes that come in. There could be 200, sometimes a thousand. Yeah. So for some of these AS pools, like the AS entry, AS one, two, and three, they're external. You get a thousand resumes in. So a lot of the time, the manager is not going to be doing those those reviews because they're going to be there for the next eight months reading thousands of resumes. Wow. So what they do is they hire a contractor and they give them a chunk of money and they give them you know three weeks and those people will read the resume. Mm-hmm. and they'll assess it against the poster. And so you that person that's doing the assessment may not be working for the manager, may have nothing to do with the expertise that you're looking for. So if it's a IT poster, they may never have worked in IT. Wow. So you have to use a common language, mm-hmm. first of all. You have to be able to, um, to be clear do not make any assumptions whatsoever that just because someone reads a resume with all those acronyms that they're going to know what those acronyms are. Yeah. So you, you have to explain it in plain terms and make sure that anybody who reads your resume would be able to see that link between what is being asked and what you're showing them. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, give them what they're asking for. Give them. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Just give us what we're asking for. <laughs> that, that That's actually a really good point. Just show us what we are asking for. Mm -hmm. Not more, not less. Mm -hmm. Just if we are asking for something, prove that you have it. Yeah. That's it. Because just because you add more words mm -hmm. doesn't make you more qualified. Yeah. So sometimes people <laughs> don't don't make those two links together. Right. They take too long to get to, to say what they need to say. <laughs> get come on, just get to the point. Like, do you have it or don't you have it? I mean, that's really just what we're trying to assess. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you some uh, questions that I think some viewers may have or just the general public may have, or at least I had at one point. And okay. it's this notion of it's who you know in the government to get a job in the government mm -hmm. is you have to know someone. Mm -hmm. Is this accurate? Is this false? Can you tell us about this? Okay, well, I can understand the misconception yeah. because there is, you know, sort of, I've heard the, the term, well, my cousin, what did I say? Like my cousin's neighbor got a job because, you know, my neighbor works or my, my cousin works in the government. So he, he got his neighbor a job. So that I have heard these kinds of things before. And that's, that's for a few reasons. So um, competitions are mostly for permanent positions. And so when you're in the public and you want to join the public service, they're going to put you through a rigorous evaluation process to make sure that you meet everything. It is a unionized environment. Yeah. You do have, after your probation, some protection. And so they want to make sure that it's the right kind of person that's entering the government. It has the right values that the government is looking for, the right competencies, experience, and so on. It's because you're getting this sort of um, they're investing in you, right? They're going to invest in your career. You're going to get health services. You're going to get a pension. You're going to get, you know, all of this lovely package that comes with it. So they're really going to grill you. Yeah. There are other ways of working for the government, one of which is like a casual. So a casual um, employment is basically a contract with the federal service for four months less, four months less a day. Yeah. It's four months per department a year, which mm -hmm. means that you can't be theoretically, maybe there are exceptions against HR, people are probably yelling at me, but mm -hmm. theoretically you have a limited window of how long you can work in that department, you're only on contract. Mm -hmm. Now a casual contract does not get typically a poster. It doesn't get a competition. It doesn't go through that grilling assessment because they don't become an indeterminate full-time employee. Mm -hmm. They don't have access to all of the benefits that the employees have. Mm -hmm. And so managers have a lot more flexibility in the kind of skill sets because it is meant as a temporary placeholder, a right. gap mm -hmm. in service. So let's say someone's um, on medical leave and they have to leave for six months mm -hmm. and the manager really needs to fill in a hole hurry up, I gotta fill in a hole. Well, they're not gonna spend a year and a half <laughs> or six months or eight months, right? Running a competition to fill in this, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So the federal service allows these uh, place marker, place gap or place holder contracts mm -hmm. where you can find a person yeah. who has the general skill sets and experiences required, who does not necessarily meet language requirements 
So if it's a bilingual position, you can hire a French person or an English. There are less criterias because it's meant to hurry up, get that person in, have them sit in a chair, do the work for four months, less a day, then they got to leave. So there's a lot more flexibility in hiring that person. A lot of the times it's done through networking. Yeah. So, you know, so-and-so used to work for Health Canada. Now PSPC is looking for someone. We can go grab that person and give them a four-month contract. Mm -hmm. It is not a great lifestyle, (laughs) I have to say, because you got a (laughs) four-month... Yeah, it's a four-month guarantee. I mean, you can't really... Yeah. You know, there's there's no commitment. After the four months is up is... You know, you say to yourself, what now? Yeah. I and if the person comes in in two months, yeah, you're, you're gone in two months too. It's not a four month guarantee. Yeah. Can you tell us why does it take so long? You think you're going to be hired. Then it takes four, six months to hear back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's like so many reasons on why it takes so long. So one of the reasons is we've already touched on it is you could get a thousand applicants. So assessing a thousand people each individually with their own time and to give a hundred percent focus on that person Mm -hmm. um, takes a really, really long time to do. Also, once you've evaluated a thousand resumes, let's say, um, then you qualify some of those people. You have to send them all a letter. You Mm -hmm. say you qualified all the people who didn't get qualified. They also get a letter. And they get to ask the question, why didn't I not? And so you have to address all of those people who didn't make it to make sure that there wasn't any issues during the assessment. So maybe there are errors. It's possible. We're all human and we're open to that. So if the candidate says, no, 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 see, I answered right here and I've proved it. They have the opportunity to get screened back in. So we have to do all of that. Step one, Mm -hmm. just just the resume section. Mm-hmm. And then the interview, it's the same process. You interview, let's say now 500 people. So scheduling, just scheduling mm-hmm. 500 people plus the interviewers together is like magic. I don't know how the HR people do it, but mm-hmm. you know, if someone's sick or gone on holidays or all of the schedules have to change. So mm-hmm. then once all those interviews happen, in the same process everybody gets a letter mm-hmm. and then you have to follow up with all the people who say hey in my interview you know i think you made an error we have to address those mm-hmm. once you've addressed all that it gets moved to the next section mm-hmm. and then those are references and sometimes they'll send out reference questions to the people who receive them mm-hmm. sometimes the managers don't answer them on time <laughs> so your reference might have been out of the country. And so we didn't get the evaluation. So we have to follow up and say, okay, do you have somebody else who can, so all of that administration, you know, takes a lot of time. And then there's language testing, there's security confirmation. So all of that is just to get you in the pool. It's Mm -hmm. to get you qualified. Mm -hmm. Then you get a letter that says, congratulations, you've met all of these criteria. You are qualified in the pool, which doesn't mean that you got the job. Mm-hmm. It just means that you meet the criteria. Yeah. And so you could get a letter that says you're in the pool. And then six months later, you get a new email that says, oh, a position has just opened up. We're wondering if you would like to come in for another interview to see if you're a right fit for this position. Mm-hmm. Or it could be eight months or it could be nine months. 
or depending on how long the pool is, it could be a year or two. Um, because I heard recently, oh my gosh, don't quote me, but I did hear that they've done away with expiry dates on pools. Okay. And so a pool can stay open for like a year or two. Yeah. Until the manager decides to close it. So there are just such a variety of reasons why these competitions take so long. And sometimes you get five candidates, you interview those five candidates, they all get in the pool and boom, four months later, you, you got a position filled. And yeah. that's happened That's happened before too. It's totally plausible. Okay, so the, the key word here is patience. Have patience. Yes, yeah. No, there's never any guarantees. So yeah. don't, just because you applied and you passed the interview, don't quit your job. That is so, so important. Always yeah. wait for an official letter of offer before making any life decisions for life. Yeah. Because managers, like they have a certain amount of control, but there's all sorts of external factors that can affect. So let's say a new prime minister got hired mm -hmm. and he cuts everybody's budgets in half, you know, because they're doing cost savings. It's totally plausible. And where you thought you had a position available, suddenly that position is no longer funded. Mm -hmm. It's completely out of the manager's position, you know? So that letter is just not gonna come no matter how much that manager wanted it. Yeah. So do not sell your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, do you have time to talk about, just a little bit about the interview process itself? A candidate is sitting and typically you have what, three interviewers? And they're asking you, you know, all these questions. What's sort of like dynamic like? Well, I mean, it can be a little intimidating. Yeah. Because as you said, you you're sort of brought into a government building, maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. You gotta get your badge ready. There's people that make you sign in. You gotta sit and wait for someone to bring you upstairs into a strange and very official looking room. Mm -hmm. And the whole experience can be nerve-wracking. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is keep calm. <laughs> keep calm because it's that nerve that's going to prevent you from thinking clearly. So during the whole time, just try to keep calm. When you enter the room, there will probably be at least two, sometimes three or more people sitting across from you. Yeah. Sometimes there's an HR representative. Mm -hmm. Usually the hiring manager will be there because they want to get to know you. They want to know if you're going to be a right fit for their team. And then the manager will usually bring somebody else with them because we want it to be a, a fair assessment. Yeah. And so everybody has unconscious biases. You know, when you meet someone, you have these unconscious biases. So the more people you have in the room, mm -hmm. the more of those biases will be eliminated during the evaluation. Mm -hmm. So it's not meant as like an intimidation tactic to see how you deal with under control, but it's to make sure that you're getting the most fair, unbiased evaluation, yeah. and someone will catch notes, you know, from someone else in case they get missed. And that's something I found with government interviews is that the interviewing party takes a lot of notes while you're there at the interview. It feels okay. like you're being uh, recorded, right? You are. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> okay, yeah. you are, you mentioned You so. are being recorded. You're being recorded for a few reasons. Mm -hmm. One, because um, if you're a government employee, you get to do an informal. So an informal interview, uh, inform there's a special word for it and I don't get it. And I know HR people are probably screaming at their screens right now. But if you don't make a it. debrief, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, it's a debrief. Yeah. So if you don't make it, 
the interviewer will have all of the notes of everything that you said and they can refer back to it and say, okay, well, you know, you talked about these things, but here are the gaps of what you didn't say and this is why you didn't make it. So one of the reasons is we want to record the conversation. We want to record your answers mm -hmm. so that we can refer back to them. If you didn't make it, it's for your benefit. Yeah. Another reason is when it comes to actually selecting a candidate at the end of the process, sometimes I'll go back to the interview and remind myself about who that candidate was. Yeah. Because if there's like 400 interviews to do, and mm -hmm. it's possible, let's say there's 400, you're not going to remember the 400 people who walked through your door. Mm -hmm. So I might reread the resumes. I might reread the questionnaires, the exams and the interview notes to remind myself about that person. Yeah. So that's why everything is frantically being written down is to make sure that you get the best points possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we're not, it's not a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll notice we're not having a conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, I will say that uh, when I went through uh, my job processes and I went through quite a number just to get to where I am, and the debriefs definitely helped being able to yeah. reach out after a failed interview and ask what yeah. went wrong and being ha having them be able to say okay well you know from the interview we can tell you did this and this and this wrong and that helped me understand it a little bit better some of my weakness in terms of interviewing yeah. to then help me with the next competition so i thought that was great speaking of memorable interviews have you had any particular memorable ones yes okay so <laughs> So just between us, <laughs> sure. so, so online interviews um, are like, okay, there are no cop-outs, okay? There, there are no cop-outs when having an online interview. It's easier to get to for sure. Um, and you don't have to sit in the lobby waiting to sign in. So all of that kind of gets relieved. But there are just so many um, important things to remember that you would do during a live one that you should be doing during uh, an online one. So first of all, be on time. Still, you still have to be on time. <laughs> and by the way, I'm telling you all of this because of the experiences that I've had in some of the interviews. And so um, I've had some people show up late. Mm -hmm. I've had some people interview for an IT job that couldn't figure out how to turn their sound on. And so that is super key. Uh, you, <laughs> it's super key. <laughs> it's just little details, right? Um, you want your dog or your kids well entertained so that they're not disturbing you midway. Um, you also dress for success even if you are on uh, a screen, you still don't want to show up in your hoodie, <laughs> which I've had. You still want, you know, a nice clean dress. You want to put your best foot forward. Yeah. Make sure that your background is appropriate for an interview process. Mm -hmm. As we said, you don't want your partner walking <laughs> through, through your screen <laughs> midway um, in whatever he would or she would be wearing. Mm -hmm. um, you want to um, show professionalism yeah. even when you are at home. And and it will be noticed. Mm -hmm. It will be noticed if you're professional, but it will be noticed if you are not. Mm -hmm. And you do not want that to be the lasting impression. Yeah. 
Wow, that's great. And as a videographer, I will say um, a couple of tips. Lighting is key. Make sure you're well lit for your virtual um, interview and sound is key as well. Make sure that uh, you have a good mic or at least a good audio on your computer. Mm -hmm, that's a good Brady. point. Lastly, I want to touch on, um, so we've explored catering yourself to the process. So the Government of Canada mm -hmm. competition process. Some people may feel that they have a certain flair or a certain thing about their personality that they think that they would like to bring out. Is there a way for them to show that during this process? Hmm. Well, the interview process is the best time where you can meet and greet and schmooze and just show your winning personality <laughs> to the manager sitting on the other side. Yeah. Because managers, even though you qualify for a pool, managers still have the very last decision yeah and so what they're gonna do is they do something called the right fit okay. and so the, the right fit is where they pick out of all the qualified people where technically they all meet the criteria technically they could all do the job but is it a right fit for my team is it a right fit for the kind of personality you need to be successful in the job and the only way really to demonstrate that right fit is to shine during the interview process. Yeah. It's to um, be personable, be friendly, connect with the people across from you, yeah. um, be patient and be grateful, show it, you know, because if you come in, you're like, man, I'm, you know, you're five minutes late on this interview process. Holy moly. I wonder what you'd be like first day on the job, you know? So, um, even like, just like in the private sector, you still want to show personality during the interview. You want to network through that interview. Um, you really want to demonstrate who you are. You want to come in, you know, looking your best. You want to put your best foot forward, try to calm your nerves to help with that. And uh, yeah, shine in the interview process. Yeah, I like to think of it when I did my interviews that the managers had like, much like you pointed out earlier, tons of interviews throughout their day or week uh, to do. So if okay. I, you know, I, I want to make my 30 minutes something that they'll remember, something that isn't a burden for them, that something that they'll yeah. enjoy, right? So I'm thinking like, though I'm there to be interviewed, I want to make this an experience that all parties, you know, will, you know, will leave amicably with and would enjoy. <laughs> That's such a great attitude because that's the lasting image that they're yeah. going to have of you yeah. is how was the manager's experience with you? Yeah. And so if, if you're being considered, because managers, man, during the interview process, it's grueling. It's exhausting yeah. because for an interview, it's 30 minutes, but the manager has to prepare for the interview and then assess the interview after that 30 minutes. So it's like an hour and a half for every candidate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can last days, days, days. And it's like, it's physically, mentally exhausting. So if you can lighten it up a little bit and make it a pleasant experience, it will be memorable for that manager. And they will remember you when it comes to selecting that right fit. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I believe I've exhausted all the questions I had for today. Um, I will leave with the quote of the day by Confucius, the great Chinese philosopher, uh, who once said, choose a job you love 
and you will never have to work a day in your life. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you really, true, you really and truly should be inspired by what you love. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Anne, for coming in to give this great talk about getting a job in the government of Canada. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify and YouTube. Just search for the Supply Chain Ambassador podcast. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can find me on LinkedIn by searching the Supply Chain Ambassador. So thank you, everybody. And until the next time. Yeah. <laughs>